Hello everyone and welcome back to the JPMB podcast, a podcast where we talk about recruiting and managing um, your team to sell more stuff online. Um, today I've got the pleasure to have in this episode Ronnie Teja. Um, Ronnie runs a uh, eight-figure e-commerce um, empire. Um, he has, uh, I don't know how many staff, uh, quite a few, he'll tell us. Um, and um, yeah, Ronnie's going to tell us how he managed his remote team, high hires, high players, um, and especially how he went from a, a very tricky situation about two, two and a half years ago where his team was very disorganized, had a lot of issues, um, things like we really not working from a people and management process standpoint. And um, he worked on that and managed to overcome a lot of the issues. So um, you'd also learn how Ronnie um, got a penis enlargement cream, which is an interesting one from one of his employees. So um, make sure you, you stay tuned for this one. And without further ado, we'll uh, get started with the episode and welcome Ronnie uh, to the show. Okay, Ronnie, so uh, thanks for joining the podcast. Um, really pleased to have you on board. Yeah. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself real quick, who you are, what you do? Yeah, my name is Ronnie Teja. I'm the founder and operator for Brands Your Watches. I don't like using the word mm-hmm. operator anymore. Thanks to Julian. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, so you're selling watches online. Yes, sir. We sell in about 66 countries globally. And Brands yes. was a watch company that came about, about over five years ago. Pure play e-commerce. Excellent. Cool. So um, just before we get started, we're obviously talking about how you went from a, a disorganized team to, to running pretty much a military operation. Um, do you have like a funny anecdote with your staff or something like unusual that's happened to you, you know, over the years, having people working for you? You know, is there something a bit funny, something a bit crazy that's happened? Yeah, it's funny you should bring it up. At the Christmas party of last year, I was emailed a gift package from one of our employees, Emir. And Amir lives in Bosnia. And Amir sent me a cream. And I was very excited to get this uh, product because when I opened it, little did I know, it was a penis enlargement cream. (laughs) So, yes, my team does like to prank me and play tricks on me. Okay. Okay. Have you tried the cream? Uh, I don't think so. It really pertains to me. It's not in my niche, but sure. (laughs) It's a a thought that matters. (laughs) Uh, i'm not gonna ask you how how long your your manhood is now but uh you know i can can get the idea of that so do you do like a christmas party every year with your employees you do something like this every year yeah i mean we are a completely virtual team right so it's one of those things where you want to be able to bring your team and your whole group together and uh, to be able to do like quarterly meetings to be able to do christmas meetings to be able to like you know sit around having a rap session with your whole team or a karaoke session with your whole team and you know some fun and games or solving like some analytical puzzles they they tend to bring the team together right it's and at the end of the day when you have these celebrations if even if they're like milestones of the company right like company hit let's say let's say a million dollars a month in 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 rep these are small these are celebrations that you need to give your team credit for at the end of the day and once once you have that sort of the common goal that way you are uh, emoting or sort of connecting to each one of the people in your team, I believe that's when an organization can truly grow. Otherwise, you know, people there just to collect a paycheck. You know, this is what Google or Facebook says, have your employees drank the Kool-Aid. So it's one of those situations there. 
So we want to be able to celebrate our successes, our wins with everybody on the team. And Christmas? Hell yeah, man. It's like it's a celebration. Okay. And do people like just, are you the only one who gets a present or does everyone get a everybody present? Everybody has a secret thing? Santa. So it's all about the secret oh, Santa. Oh, wow. Okay. 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 If you're the secret Santa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's quite fun, that. Um, and did you have Father Christmas coming as well or not? Yes, of course. We need a Father Christmas. I, wa- I wish I had grown my beard a little uh, bigger. I think it would have yes. worked out a lot better. <laughs> because I have, uh, I mean, I've worked with someone else and they, they actually, uh, they, they, they drew the, um, the secret Santa like you do. And uh, um, each year, one of the employees like, dresses up as Father Christmas and turns them on Zoom during the call and uh, dishes out the presents. Everything is quite funny. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, I believe it's Ray. Yeah. Ray was secret Santa. He's the man. Right. Good, 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 good. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Um, very good. Um, but so you obviously it wasn't, did you always do the Christmas party or is it when you started getting a grip on your, on your team that you, you started implementing that stuff? It's funny you should mention that, right? Um, let me, let me take you back to a bit of background. So about two years ago, uh-huh. uh, I basically hired you, but I'll give you the scenario, uh, before, before we started working together. Um, yeah. I'd run my business by then about, for about three and a half, three and a half years. Uh, maybe four years, but timing not being perfect. But uh, the running of yesteryear was I was working in my business and everybody says in my business, on my business. So let me clarify what it actually means. I was up until 12 uh, midnight or 1 a.m., right? I had a team who was working for me of 20 plus employees. Every small problem that each and every employee had, uh, at that point in time, my mentality was, hey, I'm going to be this tech bro. I'm going to have a a very flat structure. I'm going to be able to communicate with everybody and I want to be everybody's friend. I wanted to be a populist, uh, which of course did not work for me because every time people had even the smallest of issues, people would come and they would come and they would come up to me and be like, hey, the customer has so-and-so question. How can I help you out? So what that does is like, you know, even if you're trying to work or if you're trying to like figure something out, uh, let's say, so let's say I have a watch launch coming up. I have a product launch for a watch coming up. I want to look at the designs. I want to look at the suppliers. I want to look at that. But like, should I really be bothered with a customer service question at the end of the day? And if, if these things are happening, then how are you going to focus, keep your focus on, you know, the, uh, the, the pedal to the metal or, the, or the, the larger goal versus, you know, answering customer service questions. So my sleep cycle was basically what, four to five hours a night. I was always on my phone. I was always in Slack. I was always strung out, very highly strung. And, you know, I was dealing with it, coping with it with alcoholism. I mean, there's no easy way of saying it. I was I was drinking and binge drinking my, my troubles away. And, you know, unhealthy habits, gaining a lot of weight. I was 115 kilos back then. And uh, I was overly stressed. And then to the running of today, which is basically like a completely different scenario where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm able to do podcasts. I'm able to be at conferences. I'm able to... Uh, work on my business, which essentially means I'm able to look at things from a higher level. My team is very organized. We have different silos. We have a structured team altogether. And what that what that essentially means for a business owner is that I can actually go and uh, have a management team in place. And I trust these people. My One of the main things that's changed for me over the last two years personally is I'm able to actually trust and trust my business to other people to be able to run it. Versus me being, I'm the center and I'm the bottleneck and I'm the person who the company is dependent on. So if I ever got sick or if my plane ever crashed, then the company's gone. 
you talked about um if we just rewind just real quick you've talked about the fact that you had a flat structure and you were you wanted to be everybody's friend like a bit of a populist i i'm curious to know was that by design the flat structure and what i mean by that is did you have um margin problems and you thought you needed to be quite uh conservative with your costing um or was this like did you think that being very close to every employee was a good thing i thought being close to, like I'm, I'm, for me i think it was it was very important to be liked <laughs> um, there's, uh, there's no there's no there's no use I, i'm i'm not going to show about this right it was very important for me to be liked it was very important and all the books in the world that i had read by then was like okay if you have a flat organization Yeah, uh, people have access to you, you know, and that that's the easiest way to solve problems. And you know, you want to pulse on your customer, and all these books tell you about X, Y, Z, which is like, okay, well, they, these books don't tell you how much stress you're always going to be under if you if you're constantly answering, you know, helping people answer customer service questions that they could just go on Google and find out by themselves. So, not really ideal at the end of the day, is it? and and it stresses you out like you go to bed with problems and you wake up to like a blown up slack channel or a blown up email with like 10 different questions and you're like wait a second what am i paying you for if you can't even solve these problems then yes 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 um and um do, do you miss now not having your pulse on the customers or do you find that actually you can find the information that you need without having to be involved at the deep end i'd say it's pretty easy for me to find the information with just a we we have analytics we have uh, you know customer service and operations manager that actually does weekly reporting on this data so what is me going in and being like hey why is this customer complaining or what's exactly going on tell me what what is it so you know on average day if we have 100 customers do I need to know what all 100 customers are thinking and what they are complaining about no i don't need to know that i need to know the macro level uh, picture but if at a certain point of time if i see that customer satisfaction is dipping then you know it's my job to pull up the customer service and operations manager and go like hey what's going on last year we were at 90 last time we were at 90% last week and this week we're sitting at about 85 or 80% what's gone wrong like is is the team not performing well why is it why are they not performing well or reviews have dipped why they have why have the reviews dipped what's the you know what's the scorecard look like right now and a customer satisfaction scorecard is what i was discussing with you before right you know what does that look like in everybody in the customer service team are they you know do they have the right amount of reviews coming in what does the customer satisfaction look like so having that scorecard and keeping that like sort of a true north uh uh pivot in place where people can say okay look this is where we're headed and this is where we want to be and this is how you're going to be measured at the end of it is the is a much better way much more efficient way to do things versus running being like okay and this is how you used to get bonuses i'm not even lying it's like okay how's your performance well i think i think you did pretty well so here's an extra 500 bucks for the month and then you know julian's laughing because this is how i used to do it it'd be like okay how are you bonusing them you know and and, and of course an employee's going to say i did an awesome job and they're going to manipulate the numbers to give give themselves the best amount of credit possible which actually happened and uh and i'm i'm guilty as you know the next business owner of saying trusting people too much yes um because you talked about that trust as well and um the interesting thing i remember actually when we worked together is that you you did funnily enough you did really trust your team but um you had quite a few people I remember who weren't really trustable yeah well now that you bring it up 
that's a, that's a past life but i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad we we were able to go through that whole process together you know from what i remember um back then there was we had a team leader i'm not going to name names just it's not right yeah, no, so, uh, we had a team leader who had really trusted to manage the team in the philippines now she had been in that position for about 3 years and anything that had to be handled with the team in the philippines the payroll everything else was on this person and i trusted them completely what i didn't know was that this person took advantage of my trust which was basically you know showing up to work hungover not showing up to work at all so there was a there was a b player there was a a feeling of uh top down trickle down leadership which was a b person who was killing all the a a a you know the the a players in our company which is basically showing up over hungover uh not being able to uh, perform well being like hey i'm too lazy to go to work today etc etc and then uh you know getting the a players to do all the work and what what happened as a result was this trickle down effect all the a players looked up and they said wait a second this guy doesn't know what's going on i'm just going to leave and that's what was happening the best employees that i had in the company all of a sudden left and so what i'm left with is you know b players or c players where you know they just want to come to work for 4 hours you know browse youtube for the other 2 hours and be on the text messaging and the cell phones for another 2 hours chit chat with their friends for another couple of hours and you know that's a work that's a day of the work done and charge me overtime for another 2 hours that you know you just go for a walk around the block and they just left the computer on and they put like a nice uh, you know one dollar coin on the keyboard so that it shows on hubstop that they are actually working which they are not so yeah that's that's my experience true true and fast it's interesting how quickly a a like i'd say a team in general a group of person can go south when you have uh, someone who doesn't have the right intention and as you say is a b player but he's the one in charge I mean I find sometimes and you might have some uh, some feedback on this um I'm interested to 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 know what you're thinking but uh, if you have a top A player in charge you can somehow afford to have you know not too many but a few B players working for that guy because he's going to pull them you know um he's going to get the best out of them somehow whereas if you've got that B player in charge forget it it's it's almost like dead because he, as you rightly said you know the A players are going to leave because uh, they don't want to work for an idiot um and uh and then he he or she will also i find attract um b and c players working for for him or her do you know what i mean yeah because coasting's the... fine right it's like it's one of the scenarios so let me give you an example that you and me both would love right it's like uh, you know that netflix documentary the last dance right michael yes. jordan michael jordan's a perfect yeah. example of this right he was he came into work saying that I'm going to be the my best self today. I'm going to be performing well. So he made those people around him a lot better. Right? So all of a sudden you're elevating your whole team with you. So you know, you you're hitting the court 6-7 hours, you're a superstar no matter what you every day the expectation is you're going to come to the court, you're going to play hard, you're going to ball hard, you know, and you're going to stay over after practice so you know, we can analyze the game etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Then you have, you know, on the other end you'll you'll probably have, you know, Dennis Rodman or some of these other guys who basically like, you know, they just go to Vegas and you're like what the hell right it's like a good example i, I remember from the documentary was Dennis Rodman when missing went to Vegas for like a week and you're like where the hell is he and Michael Jordan apparently in the documentary flies down to Vegas picks up get him. Dennis Rodman by the year and brings him back to Chicago for the finals now that <laughs> is an a player versus a b player 
And you know, if you yes. have eight players like that, all of a sudden you 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 know your whole game is being elevated versus you know just just not giving a damn and you're attracting like B B players and C players. And you know, yes, you you do need B players. I'm not saying you don't. You need a balance, but uh, don't 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 mistake personalities A and B personalities for A players and B players. I think that the the distinction is quite important. Got it? Wanted? Yes. Has capacity to to perform versus yes. somebody who just says, you know, the example I was giving earlier of somebody who just basically goes for a walk, chills out, you know, is on their phone texting people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, that's not how things work. It's interesting you bring up the examples of Alf Dance um, because um, at the time, you know, like he, um, I think ninety percent of the league's team didn't want Dennis Roman in their team. You know, he was a very good player. I mean, there's lots of stuff that's been written about him and said as well, but uh, no one wanted him on their team and no one could cope with him on their team because he would blow up the whole team with his character, his extravagance and everything. Toxic. But uh, Toxic, exactly. But the, the Chicago Bulls, because of the way they were structured and the way they were actually managed, were able to absorb him and get the best out of him. Um, yeah. Which, which, yeah, which is interesting because they, um, yeah, it's about, it's about the culture as well, which is good transition for me. So you had that, uh, you had that sort of like situation where, you know, a B player was running the show and everything and, uh, bringing a lot of their friends and everything. And, and, uh, how, how was the culture at the time? How would you describe the culture of the company at that time? Well, the culture of the company was so like to take it a step back. I mean, I also had employees in Vancouver, right? So the culture of the company in general was. Uh, I don't know what the opposite of proactive is. What is the opposite of proactive, Julian? Help me out. <laughs> um, I don't know. Reactive. Proactive. Yeah, inactive. Inactive. Yeah, yeah. So reactive would be the the word I would use. So the the company the company was quite reactive. We we were we were number one posting. We weren't growing. Every any and every time any problem came up, it was always Ronnie, Ronnie, boss, boss, or like, hey, Ronnie, what do we do? What do we do? It's the people and people were the uh, people are like, okay, what? you know, what, what, what's the way out of this? And there was no sort of cohesive glue, right? There was nothing that was actually bringing us together. For people, it was just a paycheck. For some people, it was an, an opportunity to immigrate to Canada. And for some people, it was, you know, getting the PR status in Canada, etc. There was nothing There was nothing that said, I believe in this organization. I'm going to grow with this organization. Uh, the wins of the organization, if you remember what I was talking about with the Christmas party, are also my wins. I feel that I'm connected to... Uh, somebody in the Philippines, or I'm connected to somebody in Kenya, I'm connected to somebody in Bosnia, I'm connected to somebody around the world because we are a team, we work together. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't there. So I have a question for you um, on that because I think a lot of people who manage a business, obviously they read the same book that you read and they get into this whole fallacy of I have to be nice and I have to be liked by employees and I need to be close to them and all of that. When it was like this, do you think people, number one, had fun at work and number two, liked each other? Or how was it from that standpoint, you know, from their relationship with your, your business? Do you think they liked work and they liked and they were proud of their work or and they liked each other? Mm, probably they liked each other, but I don't think so. they're proud of their work. The satisfaction of coming into work, working at hours and going back home, being like, hey, I accomplished something. It's quite important. It's a feeling of fulfillment, right? It's like, okay, I actually went to work. I did what I had to do today. 
I changed somebody's, you can't, you can't go with the mentality of, hey, I changed somebody's life. This is, we, we are in the business of selling stuff, uh, selling things online and, you know, servicing customers and making sure our customers are happy. We have been gifted mm-hmm. with guys like Amir. We have been gifted by, you know, a few really extremely uh, intelligent people, you know, Ray being included and, in, you know, the whole customer service team where I look at them and I'm like, okay, the customer, customer is always number one, no matter what. But I mean, even if you take it one step below, which is uh, to say, look, I, I went into work. I did my, what I had to do and I, and achieved uh, my goals perfectly. And I came out of that and I'm happy and content with myself. You know, after, after that, it's good. Uh, whereas, you know, a, a separate mentality, which is like, oh man, you know, I went into work. I don't know how it was. I can't wait to drink with my work friends. Which is like, okay, then why are you at work then? If you just want to go drink, why not just go drink at 10, 10 a.m. in the morning and that's it? Yes. <laughs> right? It's like all you're looking for is an excuse. Uh, it's, I'm not even lying. It's like the way I look at it is an, it's an excuse for a paycheck, uh, charging yes. charging overtime for that paycheck. And then basically like, you know, Friday through Monday, drinking drinking with your workmates. I don't know about you, but I find that uh, quite often the mentality of people who, for example, it's, it's one of my, uh, the typical one I always say, people who come out of Upwork usually will have that mentality. And uh, I see it a lot in companies where the management, especially like the owner, they talk about tasks and having to do tasks. And it's very much that mentality of paycheck, you know, like I need, I'm, I'm here to do my task, I do my task, and then I get a paycheck and that's it kind of thing. And especially when they hire out of, of work, you know, like a lot of people, uh, they just give tasks and they've got these, because I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't have any project management software, do you? You don't have a ClickUp or I think you have a Trello board Trello just board, for the marketing yeah. team. But it's very loosely yeah, managed. But, uh, I'm not an organized person. I need people around me who organize things for me, to be honest. And I'll admit to it 100%. But I think the way you manage things is that you're, because you say you're not organized. I'm not not entirely sure. You, I think you're a little bit, being a little bit modest here. Because the way you organize your, your business is around, this is your area. This is what you need to do and achieve. Um, this is your KPI. Now go and do it. And you're not necessarily bothered about how much tasks they've done or do you see what I mean? Yeah. Look from that perspective. So, okay. So I think there's a shift in mentalities there, right? So it's basically like, okay, do I want to pay this person task by task? Probably not. And that's where things like Upwork, like if you have Upwork, which a lot of people do use, and you know, it has its time and place, um, but not really in my business. And the reason I'll tell you is why, uh, Upwork is basically you come in at uh, the person who you're going to hire is literally going to go look at by the hour. They're going to work by the minute to that hour. And then the job is done. They don't care. They're not vested in your business. They don't care who you are. They don't, you know, they're like, okay, I've taken my paycheck. I've gone home and I'm going to get some sleep because I have, there's money in my bank account versus hiring somebody, you know, uh, longer term, which is basically like saying, okay, these are mission and values of the company. Do you fit into these mission and values of the company? Do, are you, do our interests align? And once those are aligned, then we can say, okay, come on in. We are going to set you up with this long-term vision and long-term goal. And, you know, we want you to come in and work with us and see, you know, how happy you are. <laughs> and if, you, if, you're, if you're going back happy, uh, you're going back fulfilled, you're going back, you know, feeling connected to the whole team and you're working harder, uh, or smarter, whichever way, then you feel like, hey, you know, but 
it's a win for both of us. It's a win for me uh, personally that I get to see satisfied employees going home. Uh, they feel satisfied. Hey, you know, we, we, we've done something to change things around us and, and the environment around us to be better. And it's a win-win for both of us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, the, the thing that always gets me with Upwork as well, be, especially being an HR and recruiter, is that I, you know, they're not your employees. They belong to Upwork because you have to be on Upwork for them to work with you anyway. And besides that, on Upwork, we all know how it works, you know, like they have all these offers of other jobs. So to me, it seems insane that you would employ people who have every single day access to competitive offers so a competitor can snatch them. Yeah, uh, you're a hired blink of an eye. That's the way I look at it, exactly. right? You have no loyalty. Yeah. Your loyalty is to the coin. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a good expression, actually. The loyalty is to the coin. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, how did you change? So what happened then? So when you were in that situation, and what happened for you to decide to change, and how did you go about changing things? Well, you know, it's a, it's a pretty complicated situation. So I was, I was in a situation where I was working about let's say 15 to 16 hour days or on the weekends working like eight hour days on the weekend and then substituting my of course my my stress with drinking which wasn't really healthy in the long term right uh i was i, I always talk to fellow entrepreneurs who try to explain to me the scenario that i was in uh which is essentially you know working on your business versus working in your business uh, which I never understood. So I basically read, you know, a few books about it. I was like, okay, I'm a tech pro. I'll understand how to actually do all these things myself. And uh, making these speeches and emails out, which definitely would not work because I didn't understand the whole process of it. And at that point in time, which was sort of the lowest of the low point that I was, you know, I, uh, I we got introduced uh, through a common mutual friend of ours, Antoine, who basically said, okay, this is a guy I know. His name's Julian. He basically hires people for you. And... Uh, see how it works out. And I said, okay, well, thanks, Antoine. I appreciate it. And then, okay, that's how we got introduced. And at that point in time, I still didn't understand what he did, to be honest. I have zero clue what he did. I have zero clue. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, had, no, I, I know what to do now. But back then, I was like, okay, there is this Julian guy and he hires people for you. I was like, okay, so he's a recruiter? Like, what, what exactly is this? And then we had that call, right? And that call was, okay, no matter what happens, We'll be on this journey for six months and we'll figure it out together. And it was good to have, you know, a, a person externally who's looking in on your business and giving you uh, feedback, being like, look, this is what's been going on behind your back. This is what's happening. It's like you, you've been to, you know, I mean, I won't say you've been to trusting, but it's like, you know, people tend to take advantage of your trust. That's the way I would look at it. And it's like, okay, wow, that's a, that's a wake up call. It was upsetting, but in the long run, you know, we are here. I'm sitting in Vancouver. You're sitting in, you know, the UK. And I'm able to concentrate on these other things in my life a little better. Like my health, I've lost about 30, 40 kilos. Uh, you know, I'm working, I'm working not 16 hour days. I'm working, you know, six to, you know, six to 10 hour days, depending on the day. But, but I feel fulfilled that I can at least take breaks and go for a bike ride. I mean, I wasn't able, able to go to the gym before. Imagine this scenario. You own a company, you're paying people's paychecks, and you can't even go to the gym, you can't even go for a bike ride, you can't even pay squash, because as soon as you hit any one of these sports, uh, in the back of your mind, it's always like, shit, my business is going to fold. And that's a pretty shitty experience to have, because you're, you're in it for the fun, and you don't get to enjoy your life at all. It's a journey, right? It's a marathon. 
And if you don't get to enjoy that experience, which I'm enjoying now, uh, it's a completely different uh, feeling that you get. Because it's not even that your company was on the staff, because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but in this six months, I think it would reduce slightly the number of people. Um, because when we hear you, we could easily, someone I think could easily imagine listening to you that, you know, you were working all the extra hours and all this time to, because you were on the staff and you weren't, you didn't have enough employees. Yeah, we had, had 20, 20 employees. plus employees. We had 20, 25 employees. I mean, if I look at what a team was uh, two years ago to now, actually we've grown the team. But but how much? Maybe like two employees, three employees maximum. Mm. Not more than that. No. Yeah. But the business has grown quite a lot. Yeah, the business has grown quite yeah. a lot just because we have more dedicated employees, more people who are focused, more people who who want to who who come in feel feel satisfied with the job. Not satisfied would be an understatement. It's who feel proud of the work that they're putting in. And you know, coming up, I'll go back to that first thing again: mission, vision, and values. People who fit into people who fit into a mold. And that mold is something that they so want to... Maybe explain mold. that, Ronnie, if you don't mind, the, the, the mission, vision, value. So, because <laughs> when, you, when, you, when you had that, you were in that situation before, you didn't necessarily do this work about mission, vision, and values. And now you have that 360 stuff. Yeah. Um, so how did that come about? And what does it look like? And what does it actually do in the company? Yeah, look, that, I'm glad you brought it up. I think that was one of the first documents we actually worked on together, right? Which was... Uh, what is the mission? Where do I want to see this company, right? Where, where, you know, that's more the vision, but it's like, okay, so what's the vision? Where do I see this company five years from now? If I were to sell my company today, what does that look like? You know, how are we, and the mission is how I'm going to get to that vision. Very loose terms, very hard to come up with yourself. Trust me on this. You need, you need a guidepost or something to come up, you know, to help you come up with that. And what is the experience I'm providing my customer, right? So... Uh, the vision would be, you know, in, in, in five years, Brandy is going to be dominating the wash market. The mission would be is every year we're going to service about 100,000 customers to be able to get there. And the value is we're going to deliver a an Amazon ex- experience to all our customers. So, you know, like something like a no, no questions asked refund guarantee, you know, give them a 90-day product guarantee or something. And once we have these three things in place, then you, you, you put it to your team and you say, look, this is the way I envision things being. And people... Who, who believe in this dream, who believe in this goal, will all come together and say, look, you're looking out for customers first. You you are looking out to, to service so many customers and this is the way, the, the path that you have shown us. It's it's a higher level path. It's like, it's a higher calling that people look out for. You know, people talk about a higher calling in a uh, in a company, in a church, whatever, whatever. You need that higher calling. You know, what, what does that look like? That, that This is what it looks like. I think a lot of people um, will probably think, oh, is he taking the piss here? Because, you know, working in customer service for an e-commerce business isn't really a high calling. But I think the difference here is that because you yourself, the owner of the company, believe in that stuff, then it's contagious. And then your guy who do customer service, um, they start thinking that, hey, yes, it is a higher calling. I can actually make a difference to these people buying a watch online give them a really good service and make their day better. Yeah. I mean, it's very myopic of people just, just think, Oh, it's just customer service. Just, you know, I, so personally speaking, uh, I'm a very customer, a customer focused person, right? They're, they're the bread and butter and they, they're basically are the biggest ambassadors and would be the word of mouth for the company. Right. Some people don't put as much, uh, I guess, uh, emphasis on it. If you don't, 
I'm going to say it outright. You're an idiot because your customers are the people who, who are your bread and butter. It's like always customers king. Number one, number one is that's always in my books. Uh, number two, we hired people. I remember this when we met Amir, who's a gentleman uh, from Bosnia, who we were very lucky in hiring. Uh, and the reason I remember in his interview, which I'd seen and, you know, the, when I talked to him, was like, he's like, I, I don't really care about anything else. If I don't, and he, and he was very vocal about it. He says, the customer, I'm not going to go to sleep if I don't, if I don't find that I've serviced my customers well. And I remember that from day one. He says, if your company does not put the customer first, I don't want to join your company. And I was like, wait a second, alignment. And now we have, you know, and then from there on, we built, we built, you know, that, that whole customer service with people like Amir. And I'll never forget that interview. It's like, it was like, okay, hmm. if your if your focus is not a customer, I'm sorry, I, I can go look at another organization. And I was like, well, thanks Amir. Interesting because you you said we were very lucky to find him and we we were in, in essence lucky to find him. But uh, I think I remember when we did that round, we also um, found Dennis at the same time. Uh, yeah, not who's take the away from Dennis. Manager. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, and Dennis Dennis is an owner operator. Uh, no, sorry, not owner and operator. A grid operations manager, a person who who in the e-com environment had not worked on I think in in, in something similar. No, but what he was really good was being an excellent uh, man manager or human manager. Yes. I don't know what's the political correct term, but I'll use either. Yeah, man manager. Yeah. yeah. And he'd managed teams of up to 70 people before. So he had a, he has a an extremely good uh, hold on, you know, uh, people and how to uh, look through people, how to get teams motivated, how to work together with that. So this is an, a great... So, so good skill sets, which brings me to the next one, good skill sets doesn't necessarily need to be uh, in that field that you're looking for. You can take people in, you can transform them, you can use those soft skills and you can use the, the core skill set. So in Dennis's case was managing large teams, working with, with people and knowing how to deal with people and then transfer that skill set to e-commerce, right? Worked out perfectly for us because he is he's a really, really good man manager and he was able to, okay, it took, it took him a little bit of time to, of course, scale up from a traditional business to an e-commerce business, which was about, you know, uh, 30 to 60 days. And after that, it's be just been smooth sailing. And that's fine. You should be able to take that risk to give somebody a chance and saying, look, this is this is our long-term goal and vision. How will you help us get there? And he's just taken it and he's run with it, which is fantastic. And how did you train him? Do you remember? Um, I don't. I, I, oh, wasn't it Ray who trained Dennis? No, Ray came after. We hired Ray. So Ray was working for you, and then he left. He was one of your A player who left uh, because he was fed up of the way it was run. Um, Dennis, we we he actually, to his credit, he worked for thirty to sixty days in customer service, taking calls in yeah. order in order to learn the job of the people he was going to manage. Yeah, this is a manager who's getting his hands dirty day in and day out, answering customer emails, yeah. talking to people. So because he needs, and that's, and that's, I think anybody who we hire now, the first thing they do is they go work in customer service. Like even for the YouTube ads creator that we hired recently, you know, they, they work in customer service. I think having your hands ready in customer service is important. You know, if you don't have a pulse on your customers, how are you going to be able to build an organization around it? And especially if you, if you say you're a customer focus, yes, right. and if you have that uh, mentality of saying customer first, if not everybody in the company knows how your customers function, I mean, for developers, they don't need to be customer facing. 
you know, Alan and all those guys. But, but you know, you need to understand how your customer thinks. And if you don't know... But they are... So it's interesting you talk about the developer. I didn't know if you wanted to, to bring them up. But uh, what I've noticed is that um, your your 360 that you've implemented, you know, the customer first, the Amazon experience and everything, it has also rubbed on the on the development team. Guaranteed. Um, yeah. It's objective, right? It's the objectivity that you bring to that you bring to the organization of saying, okay, everything has to be customer first. Everything. I mean, there's a good book about it. If anybody's a you know reader here, which is basically the the Zappos the Zappos way, which is about delivering happiness, and that's one of the books that yes. that Dennis and Amir got for their for the Christmas present. I think and that's yeah. a good book to have. That's a that's a good book to 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 give to anybody if you if you want to look at things from a customer side. Because in Zappos, even the COO when they was first hired for for three to six months worked. In customer service, like not not the whole time because I'd be a bad user and that'd be an overpaid customer service employee. But like at least two to three mm-hmm. hours a day, they were made to do customer service so they can understand how customers function. And once they understood that this is the way that Zappos functions, you know, calling people used to call Zappos and be like, "Hey man, I, I want a pizza delivered to my dorm room." And people used Zappos would be like, "All right, twenty bucks. Here you go. I'm going to get a pizza delivered to your dorm room." That that's what people used to do. Interesting. I didn't know um, how big it was. I mean, I had heard like stories, but not to that extent. Um, I, I, yeah, it's uh, it's impressive. It's uh, very customer centric then. Um, and so, when you were in that previous situation with this, with this, with these other people, so from what I'm gathering, you you've changed the people, you've hired better people, you fired some low performers, hire better people, and then do you have something to? I don't like that word, but enforce the values. Do you have like uh, a a policy or like something like this to just make sure that, you know, if people step out of the rail, then they, yeah, know, there's consequences. I, you bring up a good point, right? Having having a, a, a playbook, like a playbook for the company, I think it was pretty good. So um, that's something that I know we, uh, we worked on together, or rather you worked on, and then I just said, okay. Uh, whereas before, like, and I said, like, I'm not, the very best at figuring out how to give bonuses or how to come up with scorecards, etc. It was just like, hey, I think so. Company's doing pretty well. Here's, 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 here's $500, hopefully, you know, or Christmas bonus or whatever, right? Not looking at it the other way around and saying, okay, how are we measuring this employee's performance? What is the way that we, the, the whole, the whole, you know, how, how are they performing in general in terms of, and how, what, what is the true not stick that we're keeping them to, right? It's because people do need to be kept in check. Um, there was a yellow card and a red card system we came up with. Two yellows is equal to a red. You know, if you don't follow the company values, you don't follow the company mission, you don't follow the company ideals or the experience that we provide to our customers, then maybe this isn't a good fit. I'm not saying you're fired immediately. That's why we give them a yellow card. Take post correction. This is how you should be doing things. And two yellow cards make a red. Maybe our interest in our line. Goodbye. Uh, of course, we pay them for the time. We pay them for everything. And, you know, just move on. We don't want to be in that situation where we uh, we take advantage of our uh, employees uh, but yeah I mean, do you remember place... when you do you remember when you um you asked mustafa to leave as well well i shouldn't have said his name um, i shouldn't have said that but uh, anyway you had an employee if you remember who was one of your top performers and uh, but his attitude towards some of the other member of staff was not what we expected well yeah i mean and, were, uh, we had an employee who was pretty toxic they were toxic because they were talking down to talking Talking down to uh, women in the company in a very sexist manner, 
and you know we nip these things in the bud because we're an equal opportunity employer no matter where our team is based be it in the philippines be it in turkey be it in you know bahrain be it in kenya but everybody's the same and it was hard i'll i'll be honest i mean it was very hard because we tried to course correct this guy however they were they were quite keen on uh, they were quite keen on repeating the same behavior and being very machoistic and and that sort of does not fly it does not fly in a, an organization that we're trying to build where where we're trying to give everybody equal opportunities and it's you know it was there it was there there uh, it was their loss unfortunately you know we we tried we we gave them feedback it was pretty it was pretty uh, open that you know sexist behavior is not tolerated and same thing if, if they did it and it was okay thank you goodbye we, we we don't we don't like that we don't we don't appreciate it we will not stand for it so that's a question i have for you about this uh because i don't think it's really talked about and i'm i'm very keen to to get your feedback on this i really felt that once we started getting good quality people in our hiring pipeline you felt much more able to stand for, to stand your ground as a CEO and as an owner of the company and let people go if you needed to. Well, I was empowered. That's what I would use, right? I was empowered with having you and then having like a good uh, uh, HR policy in place, right? Having a scorecard system in place, which enabled me to go to the next level, which was like, okay, before, okay. So let me tell you my mentality of before and after. Before mine, my mentality was, oh my God, this employee is leaving. What I, I think they're an air player and all hell has become loose. What, what am I going to do? I'm going to drink and I'm going to figure out a way, give them a pay raise bonus, give them a bonus. And this person then is only loyal to the coin, right? They're going to leave. They're going to leave tomorrow and it's just going to have, I'm going to have issues. Whereas the second scenario is, well, if you want to leave, Mr. A-OK, no problems. We'll find somebody else. We have a hiring pipeline. We have all these things in place. If you want to yes. go, and if you you know you're loyal to the coin, you know there's the door. Go ahead. I'm sorry we can't match those those salaries that you're getting, but you know working working with the organization, you're given a few things. You're given the freedom of choice. You're given the freedom of you know you, you this is not this is not me trying to own your life. You know you're not slaves. If you you're an adult, you make your decision, then that's fine. If you if you come to us, and then you try and leverage other offers, we already know that you know you are loyal to the dollar and that's fine uh but in this organization we prefer people who are uh more focused on the value values of values and the mission that we have and the goal that we're trying to achieve versus just uh <clears throat> getting out there and you know uh, saying okay i'm just going to chase the dollar the, do- the dollar chasing will and, and me myself included as an employee will only get you so far and after a certain mm-hmm. point people are going to ask you questions yeah, and it's interesting what you said because I, I, I notice that a lot as well with uh, other entre- entrepreneurs that I have the uh, uh, that I've worked with is that there's always a, a um, uh, at the beginning a refusal to fire people because the question is who's going to do their job and what are we going to do and we're not going to be able to you know survive without them doing their job and there's they very much feel like taken in hostage because they don't have a good recruitment pipeline working for them in the background. So they always feel like we're not going to be able to replace that person quickly and who's going to do their job and all that kind of thing. 
Yeah, uh, I think, yeah, I think having, and, and, and that's what I think one of the things that my, my, my light bulb moment that I would say working with you was, you know, don't worry, calm down. And I'm a very high energy person. And I tend to like take stress and be all over the place quite easily. Is that, oh, don't worry, we'll find somebody. You, you just relax. And it's like, so for me, I think the way I would explain my, my, my work with you was basically, initially it was getting getting the team all in order. What that essentially means is getting the mission, vision, values of the company sorted, right? Having somebody that is an internal resource for HR, which is hiring. Uh, then the second step comes, you're just not a hiring manager. You're also a person who who works in terms of employee retention, you know, uh, getting all these other things done on top, which not a lot of people see the value in. I think... And that was something that I haven't said before. It's like a lot of people underestimate the value that human resources or that particular aspect brings to your company, right? Getting your company, your most valuable resource is human in your company, right? It sounds, it's a, it's a tried and tested thing. People, people have probably beat this horse to death a few times, but it's like they don't understand the value of having a human resources department. And if you don't have the department, if you don't have a good bookkeeper, these are the two like, these are some of the most undervalued things as we found out over the years is like having a good bookkeeper and having a, having a really good HR person, they'll change your whole company. And not a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, pay attention to it. They don't. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. And um, so it's like you've changed the mission, vision, values. You've brought in some KPI, which are objectively assessed with data in order to give you a reliable source of information of how your people are doing. You link the bonuses to it. You fired the low performer, brought in uh, better, better high quality people. Um, and now basically your, your, obviously your, your business is running itself kind of thing Yeah. Uh, with your management team and everything. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a self-sustaining operation. So, uh, if I want to take a holiday, which I have, or, or like, you know, a good example is I was at this retreat for a, for a for 48 to 72 hours. I mean, I was intermittently, of course, uh, in and out at work. But what I did find out was like the company can run itself. I don't need to be in the company 24-7. I can actually like step back and be like, okay, I'm at a conference. You guys run the show. And I'm just going to keep checking in if you need me, just you know, reach me on WhatsApp or whatever, but I can actually like go and enjoy being at a conference. I can go and enjoy these other things in life. And those are, these are like, uh, if, if somebody would have said two years ago, I'd be like, there's no way. There is no way on God's green earth would I be able to do this. Like I can go for bike rides now. I can go for like two hours at a time. It's like, and not worry about business. My business runs itself. It is so goddamn important that you enjoy this journey. And I'm, albeit enjoying a little later in life, but I can tell you that uh, you, you work so hard to build something for yourself, but if you don't get to enjoy that, that, that whole process of, of hiring that management team and hiring somebody else where, you know, you get to take a step back and having the company run itself, like that in itself is an achievement that you kind of feel very proud and fulfilled with. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. So thank you um, for that. That's okay. And um, so... We have five minutes left because I know you have uh, you have to go to squash. I think uh, yeah. just after, and we've talked about we've talked quite a lot already, and you've been very generous with your time. So, I just have you know one or two last question is: What's the future for you now and for your company? Where where do you see you know taking that team, and where do you see taking your business to with 
now that you have a very high functioning team, you can do lots of different things, you know, going to conference and everything. But in terms of actual business, what's the future of your business? Where do you want to take it? Well, we want to scale to about $20, $25 million plus in revenue. Uh, I know it's a figure, but it's an important figure for me because at, at, at that amount, uh, I believe that we, it's, it's, it's a milestone, right? It's like, it's, uh, we, we've already hit, uh, uh, so far this year, what we've what in, in terms of revenue, what we did last year, and it's only month number nine. Before Q4, Ten. yeah, it's Q4. So, so we wh- whatever else happens over here, I mean, we're looking at between a twenty to thirty percent growth, which is how companies should be growing, right? Um, of course, uh, investing in resources. Uh, what I mean by that is investing in investing in uh, better better people. Would, would would be next. I mean, it's like we, 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 we have good people with us. We have phenomenal people with us, but it's always good to up your game, like have objectivity in the company. It's like, wait a second, you know, things are running well. Do we want, do we want like DK to sit in? Probably not. You won't be doing yourself uh, justice by doing that. So what's your plan for your hires? Is there any, any opening that you, you, you're going to open very, very quickly? Mm-hmm. I know you're looking for a Shopify developer, but we talked about a business developer as well. Shopify developer to help out, to help out with, wow, with all our needs, with all our needs at the moment. And, you know, of course, another thing is given the situation that we have, given that we, we are running these highly functioning teams is to actually work with other businesses uh, on the e-commerce side to be able to, because we have a system that works for us, right? Is there a way that we can use these 30 highly functioning people and can we work or partner with other businesses and have our business centralized in the sense that, okay, we have, you know, the bookkeepers, we have all these guys in customer service, we have all these guys in design and can we work with other businesses or partner with other businesses and say, okay, look, we'll invest in the business, be able to bring them in, they're able to outsource all the customer service, they're able to outsource all the design, they're able to outsource kind of like an agency almost, right? But we'll actually mm-hmm. control everything for them. And the, those business and operators, they don't need that sort of headache to be dealing with all this. All they need to be dealing with is, you know, growing the business, which is, you know, uh, could, via ads or uh, we can even take that on. But it's like, you know, then, then then their sole business focus is getting the best product possible in the market, being able to ship that product to market. And that that becomes the sole focus. So you're saying you're, you're looking at acquiring new businesses to, to leverage your team and like create some sort of synergies or stuff like Correct. this a little bit? Yeah, that would be it. So if someone is listening to the show and they have a business and they're not quite sure and maybe they want an investor or whatever, um, is that the sort of things you're, you're open to, basically? Of course, any damn day. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, well, if people are interested, they can contact me and I'll put you in touch um, together. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a great idea. And I think, it's, uh, I think external growth is something that's... Um, when you get to the stage that you're at with your business, it's probably the next level, you know, is what can I do in terms of, you know, acquiring new businesses um, and using the stuff that's working for us in a business that's lacking that, you know, you're looking obviously at, at tremendous synergies if you can do that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's all about growth, right, where the opportunity is. I mean, if, if growth internally, you know, we're seeing 20, 30%, then can we take other, can we partner with other companies or buy other companies where we can scale that 100% mm. growth? So yes. why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cool. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Ronnie. Thanks, uh, it was a very enjoyable show. Appreciate it. <laughs> it was a good discussion. Thank you very much with all your insight. I think you've been very generous with that as well. You give us a lot of uh, 
you know, uh, nitty uh, details and everything. And uh, I think it was very, very valuable. So thank you very much for that. Tips and tricks, man. And always, like, I would always say this, and I'll say it as a, as a closing note. I mean, you you have come in and you've changed the way I operate and do my business. For, and for that, I'll always, always, forever be thankful. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ronnie. Cheers. All right. Then I stop it. Uh, well, 